I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today is Tuesday. That means we're going to have a longer podcast, a full-length podcast. Uh, On Thursdays, we do Thursday Thunder. If this is your first time listening, this is an entrepreneurship-based podcast. It is a podcast that will uh, encompass all aspects of not just owning a business, but learning how to become the motherfucking CEO of yourself. It's a business slash personal development slash success podcast. And just because you don't own a business doesn't mean this podcast isn't going to be extremely valuable to you. Now, we do ask something from our listeners that a lot of podcasts don't ask. Uh, A lot of podcasts run an unbelievably annoying amount of ads. We don't do that. Um, a lot of podcasts will try to sell a bunch of shit. We don't do that either. Uh, we are actually trying to make a difference in the way that people are operating in the world. That's why it's called a project, the MFCEO project. Okay. Now we do have a fee for this podcast and the fee is not money. The fee is this. If you find value in this podcast, if you listen to this podcast for the next hour or so, and you say, damn, dude, I learned some good shit out of that podcast. I ask that you bring us a friend, all right? This is an organic movement. Um, we don't grow unless you tell people about us. And so the next time, you know, personal development, success, uh, a good book to read, those kind of conversations come up, I would just appreciate it if uh, you shared what we're doing here with the MFCEO Project. Now, with that being said, I have the full crew here today. I'm joined uh, by my co-host, the pastor of disaster, Vaughn, the impaler, DJ, DJ, God, John, Claude, Von Dom. <laughs> Von Jovi. Von Jovi. Von Halen. Von Halen. While we're on the 80s, I love the uh, the video you just posted with Rocky and Drago. Well, that's, that's cool, because actually, Tyler made that video. Yeah. Tyler with the no salmon shorts. As opposed to who else makes them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes I figure out uh, that... That's why I don't have that many videos, because it takes you forever to make them. (laughs) He's rocking the khakis again, though. But, you know, we did okay last time with the khakis. khakis. I think he's moving away from salmon. I think he might be. Are you? Did you retire the salmons? They're basically gone. They're too long. They're too long? Yeah, I, need, too I long. need to find some shorter ones. Those motherfuckers, you could see your coochie. <laughs> it's a good smelling cooch, though. Oh, jeez. All right. I thought you were going to say they were like out of season or something. You know, like like salmon's out of style At now. At this point, they're just cliche. So they're I just cliche. I can't even... That's I, true. I don't wear them out of so spite. So what's... He needs a new... Uh, he needs a new nickname. Still I don't think MC Salmon could ever go away. Well, maybe not. Yeah. 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 All right. I was going to ask you, dude, actually. Dude, the funniest thing happened on the way here, dude. Or you could tell me that. Yeah. So I was driving uh, one of the Lambos on the way here. And, dude, this happens sometimes, dude. People will literally just drive by and give me the fucking finger. <laughs> and, and, like, dude, when I first started happening, I used to get, like, upset about it. Like, damn, dude, I wonder what that guy's problem is. But this was just really funny because this dude was on, like, a motorcycle. And he drove by and he gave me the finger. And I had my window down, so I gave him the finger back. Like instantly, like without right. thinking about it. And he got like visibly mad that I like gave him the fucking finger back. Like he got, you could tell he was like, like he wanted to jump off his motorcycle and fight. Like, and it's like, motherfucker, you fucking gave me the finger and I gave it back to you. Right. And then right. you get mad about it. Right. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people, man? There, there must be something in the air today because, you know, we get overwhelmingly positive uh, response from our emails. But today I got a guy that replied and he just said, so selfish and egotistical. Like that was his reply to the email that we sent out today about the podcast. So I, I do what I sometimes do is I, I emailed him and I said, hey, man, I'm just curious. What, what about the email was selfish and egotistical? And his response was, it's just these stupid emails, so selfish and egotistical. So I, I said, listen, Andy has an ego just like everybody else, but if you got to know him, I think you'd find that he's he cares about people and that he genuinely wants to help people. 
And I said, so, I mean, could you point out specifically what you're talking about? And just, once again, just so selfish and egotistical. Like, well, I, Dude, the problem is, is like... <laughs> That's that's the point though. It's like, like giving the, free content for the last three years look, and not man, charging a dime is selfish and egotistical. Yeah, People point, just yeah, but here's they want the to be point. in a bad mood. No, you can't spend time dealing with that shit. Like I used to get upset when people would do that. Like where they drive down and they give me the finger like for no yeah. reason. And now I just like laugh because I'm like, fuck dude, that, that person's life must be like for real miserable. Yeah. And I literally don't even skip a beat. And I think, you know, that's that's the evolution of of what you have to do if you're going to be especially which actually ties in good to what we're going to talk about today um with the new society that we're in because we're in a society now where everybody has a voice and because a lot of you and most people are not used to getting feedback on their voice because they never had one before when they get something that's negative or critical they spend an exorbitant amount of time trying to like figure out why you know and uh right. There's a good book uh, about that um, called The Four Agreements. And oh, yeah, you were telling me about yeah, that the other day. Yeah, it's a good book because it talks about not taking things personal. And you have to understand that when people react a certain way, that's what's going on with them. It has mm -hmm. really nothing to do with you. You're just triggering or adding on to something that is already festering inside of them. And you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you can't like spend all this time trying to psychologically break these people down or, or like you're emailing this dude back four times. Dude, fuck that guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if you don't like what we do, fuck you. Go fucking listen to fucking Tony Robbins or whoever else. I don't give a shit. Right. You know what I mean? We're going to do what we do. People are going to like that. And guess what? People are, there's going to be people that don't like it. Right. We're not for them. It says that in my fucking bio, not for everyone. And I mean that. Right. And I think, like I said in the last podcast with Jordan, uh, you know, I think that's one of the most valuable things people can start to understand about not just business, but their own personal brand is that no matter who, just because you're not abrasive or you're not, um, you know, like a little bit in your face or whatever, like let's say maybe I am, um, doesn't mean that you're for everybody. Like right. you might be posted pictures of butterflies and posting all this positive shit. And, you know, somebody like me comes along and reads this shit and is like, dude, this is fucking sterile garbage. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> right. And I don't type that on your page, but that's what I'm thinking in my head because it's not for me. It's not what I resonate with. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that it's not for me. Right. And I think adopting that mindset is something that all of you guys who are listening right now could really benefit a lot because it'll help you uh, declutter um, and, and free up a lot of time that you probably spend thinking about why people are you know, fucked up in the way that they treat you sometimes. You know what I mean? You just say, hey, man, I'm not for everybody. Right. You know, and I, I that's been something that I, I've, I've just, it's helped us be very successful in business and it's helped the personal branding. Because, dude, when you realize you're not for everyone, you take off that filter of like, well, if I say this, then somebody's going to type this back. So I'm not going to say it like that. You know what I mean? Right. So you right. stop filtering yourself. And then what happens is, is you put out some content that really fucking moves people and resonates with people and, and it, it makes people love you versus people just saying, oh, you're just another one of those guys. Absolutely. I, I thought of this exact thing that you were talking about last Thanksgiving when my wife like labored over this uh, pumpkin pie. And it was awesome, but nobody in my family liked it. And she said, like, she felt bad about herself. I said, honey, you They didn't you like it or they didn't, like, go over the top to tell her they liked it? No, they didn't like it because she didn't really ask well, me. Well, I don't if, fucking like pumpkin pie. Well, that's what I told her. I said, yeah. honey, you made a great pumpkin pie. Right. My family just doesn't like pumpkin pie. Right. And that's, that's what you're talking about. Right, like, exactly. whatever you do, do it the best, but... Even the best version of something, there's going to be people who just Absolutely. don't like it. Absolutely. It doesn't you mean know? that you didn't do a great job. Right. You know, and right. people people forget that. And especially in social media, which is funny because I didn't intend for this talk to like lead into what we're talking about, yeah. but that's what we are going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how social media has changed um, the dynamic of business, you know, and a lot of people who are out there, first of all, if you're not building your own personal brand, you're making a mistake because the internet, um, as you know, it, social media, wow. as you see it is so fucking brand new. And like you look at people who have 10 million followers or a million followers of 500,000 or a hundred thousand followers. And you think, man, it's too late. It's too late for me. You know, like I missed the boat. No, we're, this is the infancy of this. 
We're in the fucking beginning of it. And if you're going to opt out because you think you missed the boat, dude, you're going to really fucking miss the boat. Right. Because your social currency is going to dictate how much money you make. It's just, it's gonna. And uh, it already is for a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, I, I this is actually one of my favorite things that you and I have ever talked about. And I know you talk about how to succeed in business today, you, you literally have to think about like you're, you're running Mr. Frisella's general store in 1800s. So well, to, to unpack that whole thing, because well, I know that you yeah, wanted to I start mean, with that. That's what it is, right? Like you, what, what the social media has done, we've gone through phases, okay? Back, and I've talked about this before, but back in the 1800s, dude, you know, you had, you had, uh, you know, your great, your great, great grandpa, my great, great grandpa, they had, they lived in a small fucking town, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's just say my great, great grandpa had a general store called Frisella's General Store, all right? right? And you're great grandpa would come in there and he would look for basic shit like nails and fucking hardware and probably some candy, you know, maybe uh horse saddle. Yeah. Saddle, you know, and, and he would talk to, they would talk to each other and they would have a relationship. And, um, you know, let's say that your, your grandpa was looking for something that, that, that I didn't, my grandpa didn't have. What would happen? Well, he would order it in, and when it got there, he would take it to his house. He would have a conversation with them, and there was real service going on because there was real relationships that were happening. Right. And this was how business has always been. Business has always been like this since the dawn of fucking time. And what people don't realize is that for the last, you know, let's say 70, 80 years now, because like the, in the 1930s, things changed. And we had the invention and the mass consumption of newspapers, uh, radio, and television. And what happened was a lot of the companies that that could afford to advertise, they were already established, all right? So they were able to uh, buy more and more and more advertising as the years went on. Those companies grew very large, and they were the ones that were able to control the conversation and the message that was sent to us because no one else had a voice to, to have a response to that. So if you back in the 1800s, if I did your, my grandpa did your grandpa wrong, what would happen? Everybody in the town would know Everybody it. Everybody in the town would know it would spread like wildfire, okay? Right. Because the, it wasn't a big economy. But the economy and the way that word, the, the word of mouth spread changed so drastically with the invention of these mass media um, and, and, the, and the, the invention of paid advertising that we were getting forced messages down our throat. And what happened eventually? Companies figured out that if they, if they blurred the truth, if they inflated how great their products were, if they told lies about how their products would help you and what they would do, guess what would happen? They sold more shit, all right? right. So you would get the product that you ordered from some advertisement that you saw on TV, and what happened? It didn't live up to what it was supposed to do. So what, what did you do about it? <laughs> Nothing. There if was you were no- lucky, you got John Stossel's attention. There was nothing you, know? <laughs> you could do because yeah. there was no way for you to spread your voice because the, the, the economy had gotten so big that for you to even go out and tell everybody that you know about how you bought a product and it didn't live up to the standards that you expected, that could take years. Right. All right? And for, you to, for, for enough people to tell enough people to really affect a company – it could take a decade. Absolutely. Okay. And we have a, we had a situation for 70 years where, and you've probably heard this before, and I know I've heard it. I've heard it from tons of people. You heard people saying, oh, well, dude, the way that company got big or the way that guy got rich is they fucked everybody. They right. fucked everybody over. That general thought process comes from the 70 to 80 years where traditional media controlled the message that we were told. Okay. Because small companies could not even get in the game. <laughs> Small companies could never get to that point, all right? So what happened? Fast forward 70, 80 years, a couple things happened. One, the internet came around. Two, social media came around. When social media came around, you have now the ability to click a button 
and tell every single person that you know about your experience with a product, all right? There's websites dedicated 100% to reviewing products and services, Angie's List, all right? There's ways for us to communicate to every single person we know from the time we were in fucking kindergarten or preschool till the time now when we're 35 years old or fucking 70 years old that a product was either great or a product sucked. So what has happened here? We had small town values where you had to do what you say you were going to do or ruin your business. Then we had a period of 70, 80 years where companies could like do whatever the fuck they wanted because there was no voice of balance and no repercussions from the consumer. Now we live in a time where it has come back to where the small town values are what are is going to help a company succeed. If you want to succeed right now, you have to provide a product that works. You have to go over the top for your customer. You have to provide a service that solves a real problem. And you have to do it in a way, if you're smart, that customers will go out and tell everybody that they know. Your goal should be that every single customer that you have that deals with your business or deals with you if you work inside of a business is going to go directly to their social media and make a post about the entire experience. And if you want to hold yourself accountable, you should assume that they're going to. What's that customer going to say about me? What's the story they're going to tell? What's the post they're going to make about this interaction? And if you can... Burn that into your brain and your people's brains. Guess what's going to happen? Your level of service is going to go way the fuck up because you know you're being held accountable. This is where when you hear people say things like, like Gary says, Gary V says empathy a lot or Gary V says do the right thing is always the right thing. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about over-delivering on people's fucking needs and wants and desires to a point where you're putting their needs and wants and desires ahead of the want of your own, which is financial gain in business, and you're delivering so much over the top because you care about them and you're doing the right thing that you're going to win in business. And this is, he's exactly right. This is exactly how business works. This is exactly how it's going to work for the next probably forever. We've just gotten back to the fundamentals. You have to look at it a big picture. What we really did was we went through a 70-year span where technology outpaced our understanding of what was going on. So what we might have known for our whole lives as business is not really what business is. Business is what it is now, and we've just gotten back to the way it was in the 1800s and 1700s and 1600s, all the way back to where people were fucking selling fucking vegetables out of their caveman garden. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I would I would add that it's not just business to consumer, but it's it's also business to business. I was talking to Jason and he was saying how important it is that when you offer something like through first form or whatever, that you what you advertise and what you offer is actually what you deliver. Because if you don't, then the merchant accounts that take the credit cards, if they get a bunch of complaints, they're they like shut you sorry, down. we're not yeah. gonna let you use our, our no. service anymore, and then you're screwed. No, dude. You know what I'm saying? You can't win in business right now. But, and this is what people have to understand. And this is the dangerous mentality that we have in business. Is I have all these young entrepreneurs, wannabe entrepreneurs, all right? And they're like, hey, I'm going to... They got this fucking... They got this fucking scam, get-rich-quick mentality, okay? It, everything they have has a little bit of fucking snake oil in it, right? right. Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to sell people this, and I'm going to run Facebook ads this, and I'm going to do this. And it's got, all of it's got the, like this angle to it. And those guys are like, they're missing the point. Like, yes, you could probably make a living going from product to product to product to product and trying to, to fucking scam everybody. But you're never going to fucking crush long term. You're never going to build a real brand. You know, you're missing the point. And they're spending 80, 80% of their time on, on Facebook ads and 20% of their time on actually oh, creating business. a good product or Yeah, dude, or it's the same service. thing we talked yeah. about with networking. Yeah, which is not sustainable. No. Yeah. And, and, dude, we have a situation where, you know, we're going through, we're, we've gone through a transition where 
people who have that fucking I'm going to be in business and pull one over on people, they can't fucking win. You can't win. Because every time you try to do that, a customer is going to go make a post about your shit and tell everybody it sucks. You're going to lose. Right. You know? And so when you're thinking about your business and you're thinking about how you're going to sell something, your product or service or whatever it is you're offering has to be the real fucking deal. It has to be. Or it won't work. You know, you can no longer make, and this is what's cool. This is what I like about this. This re- What this really does is it opens, it changes business from everybody trying to make the cheapest fucking shittiest thing and sell it for the most amount of profit to changing it to where it should be the best thing. Right. Right. And dude, I like that because that's what I like to sell. I like to sell the best shit. I don't like to sell, I don't like to sell shit with everybody else. You know, but the basic understanding of how this, of how this is affecting our economy is extremely important for people because it not only affects you if you own a company, but it affects you if you work inside of a company. Say you're a fucking manager of people and, or you're, you're a, you're a retail employee or you're any part of, of, uh, the organization. What's going to happen to you if you have, 25 people a fucking month posting on the internet how shitty your fucking experience was with you. You're going to get fired. Yeah. What's going to happen to you if 25 people a month post online about how amazing the experience was with you? Your value with the company is going to go up and you're probably going to get paid more and you're probably going to get promoted as long as you're in a company that isn't dumbasses. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you don't just have to own a company to understand how this is working. You know, you've got to adopt the mentality that, look, every single person I deal with is going to go on Facebook and write a fucking review about me. That's how you should think. I fucking think that. I think that. Like when I go to that, that's why whenever we go to talk and I can't talk to everybody, it drives me insane. Because then I feel like the, the guy who didn't get to talk to me who came from a thousand miles away is gonna be like, fuck him. He thinks he's too good, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not that. It's like you can't physically talk to 3,000, 4,000 fucking people. It's impossible. You know what I mean? It drives me insane, even though I know it's impossible. Right, but the fact that you're making that attempt to do as much as you can, I mean, people pick pick up on that. And it's kind of like what you were talking about the other day with Jordan is one screw-up. If, if you're genuinely a good person who operates, you know, according to great principles, moral principles, one, let's say, hiccup in your in – your, uh, conduct is is not going to torpedo you because you've got all these other great evidences of your character. But, well, dude, if you make a but fucking if you make hiccup, it a habit. Hey, dude, if you make a hiccup too, you know what you should do? You should fucking take responsibility right. for it. People respect that. Right. Everybody knows that everybody fucks up. Everybody knows that. So when you when you fuck up, just say you fucked up and say I'm right. sorry. I apologize and it's try to make it right. The analogy that you use, you've used it before with the two guys in the baseball. What well, was the the one guy that was Roger making Clemens up. and Andy Pettit? Yeah, both got popped for using steroids. Andy Pettit says, "Yeah, uh, I got a fucking. I was making twenty something million dollars a year. I was trying to extend my career. People are like, well, fuck, dude, I would do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Roger Clemens is like." No, I never took that shit. Blah blah blah. And what they do, they fucking ran. They ran him ragged trying to prove it. Right. You know what I mean? He just doubled down and doubled down. All he had to do was say, "Hey." Anywhere. All he had to do was say, "Hey, man, you know what? I got one opportunity to make the money that I got to make my whole entire life playing baseball here, and you know, it, it wasn't a great decision. I regret it, and I'm sorry. And and yes, I did that. And and you know what people would have said? Forgive you. They would have said, "Hey, man." It's not cool, but you know what? I probably would have done the same thing yeah. for $30 million. I understand. I get yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so as far as, you know, operating like small-town business, I mean, I think people understand that holistically, conceptually, but why don't you unpack specifically what that means? Like, what are... I mean, I, I'm thinking of things that people usually think are true of, uh, of life in a small town, and whether they're true or not, they could be stereotypes. I can think of some different ways that you could borrow those principles and apply them to business, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, there's a number of ways, but I mean, I think the first thing is you've got to be fucking personal, dude. Like so many of you right now are hiding behind your social media and you're hiding behind your brand's logo or you're hiding behind your, uh, you know, your 
company you know mm -hmm. you're a part of and you're not you're losing especially you guys who are younger because you've grown up with uh you know social media and email and all these great things of uh feats of technology that your personal skills need need work right and so you have to understand like Walking through the uh, grocery store and seeing somebody and like putting your head down and going the other way, if you do that, you're doing the wrong shit, all right? You need to become the fucking mayor of that town, you know? And what's right. the mayor do? The mayor fucking shakes everybody's hand, knows everybody's name. Kisses babies. That ki dude, right. makes everybody feel important. Hi, how you doing? Nice to see you. How's your family? And you need to make a habit of that. Is this kind of what we were talking about in the Harnessing Your Humanity uh, episode? You talked about harnessing like the the one really overwhelmingly po uh, powerful marketing technique is to just be super super personal. Go the you know do things that you, you don't automate things when you could automate yeah, yeah, things, yeah. stuff like yeah, that, dude. Because that that because the automation the technology that we have creates an opportunity that where per personal skills and personal interaction stand out so much more, right? Because dude, not nobody's doing it. Think about when we go to fucking the grocery store now and there's one checkout person and and dude where's the line by the way when you when you go to the grocery store and there's one checkout person where's the line where's the line the line's with the fucking checker that has oh, right. the actual person right right why do you think that is yeah that is amazing you yes. you have all of these automated all ways these of automated doing it machine, and people still go through people it people crave yeah, yeah. that interaction That's a good point they crave it unconsciously and they understand that if there's a problem that person's going to be able to handle it Right? Yeah. So, dude, the evidence is in every fucking store you go to where you see no lines for the automated checkout and there's one fucking checker. There's the fucking line. Dude, that's a great That's a great. I know point. it's great because I fucking notice everything. <laughs> you do. But the point is, is that, <clears throat> you know, being personal right now is never been more valuable. 30 years ago before social media, if you weren't personal, you couldn't even have a chance. Now, if, as long as you're personal, you can fucking dominate. Right. All right. So, you know, you have to think about it. Like, you know, that that uh, cheer song, that cheer song, uh, the movie show Cheers. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows your <laughs> yeah. name. Right. That's what you should be like. Like you need to be like the fucking mayor. All yeah. right. And I think that's the first step to people understanding is like, dude, go out of your way to personally connect with people. Go out of your way to ask them how they're doing. And dude, you could practice this, by the way. Practice it. Like I said, in the grocery store. Dude, you want you have trouble with people skill? This is the easiest way to fucking practice it. When you're walking down the aisle at the grocery store, instead of looking away and pretending like that person coming the other way is going the going isn't there, just look at him in the fucking face and say, "Hey, how you doing?" And dude, you know what? Eighty percent of the time, that person's going to look at you real weird and they, or they won't say anything because they don't know what to do because it's so rare. Right. It's not that they're being rude; they just caught off guard. Right. But guys, I'm telling you, if you could do that, you'll be able to practice this skill and you'll be able to get it down. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I would say anybody in a service position, like a bartender or a waiter, I mean, they're paid to be nice to you. So practice on people that are kind of supposed to be nice to you. you no, know? dude. Yeah. If you're really shy, that's a way, great way to practice. But dude, there's no better practice than speaking to someone that doesn't expect you to speak to it's them. true. You know what that's I mean? very true. Um, so I think that's the first thing, dude. You know, everybody's got to know your name. Everybody's yeah. got to know you're the fucking mayor. So let me throw something out there. I, uh, one of my best friends is from Bird City, Kansas, and I always talk to him about like so I because I grew up in a fairly small town. I grew up in forty uh, town of forty thousand, Hutchinson, Kansas, but we still had like a we still had crime. We still had those kinds of things. But I always know I always made fun of Clint because every time he left left you know left his house or if he left his car or if he you know his dad ran a shop, like nobody locks anything. Yeah. So like, what's the analogy? To, well, dude, nobody locks their doors, you know. <laughs> dude, I remember when I when I first started dating Emily. Emily's from like an hour away from St. Louis in the middle of the country, and I remember we went to her parents' house one time. And as I got out of the car, I I uh, out of habit locked the car. Right. And her dad was in the driveway, and he like fucking laughed at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like, "We don't lock our cars out here." And I just like it was habit, you know. It's not like I really thought somebody was going to steal the car, but you know the point of it is is that. I think the point, the, the analogy to what we're talking about in a small town is that, like, you know, people trust each other, man, and they've got a sense of security. And, like, they know that, like, their neighbor is their neighbor and, and they could trust them and they're not going to steal their truck or break in their home. And, it, and, and it, 
and on the, the opposite end of that spectrum, they're going to look out for those things for you. And I think when people are looking for a business to do, uh, to become a customer of now, they're looking for a business that has their best interests in mind. They're looking to deal with people who care about their best interests, whatever those best interests might be um, regarding to what it is you sell and otherwise. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what are like when you train your guys? What are some sales tech? Not Dude, I train my guys sales to help. Policies. I train my guys. I, I train my guys to do whatever the fuck they have to do to fucking solve a person's problem. We have a great story about this with with Tyler's brother. So Tyler's brother, this is actually a perfect example of what we're talking about. Pete, the reason our company succeeds, first form, is because our customers know we'll fucking do anything, anything that we can to help them. No matter what. And this is a great story about this. So, guy calls in one time, uh, and he, I don't remember what he was calling in for. for. What did he do? He called so in. I, I had made a customer service post on First Form. Right. And, it, and I made the analogy, like, we don't care if you fucking need to know what oil goes in your car. Like, right. call us up, we'll help you. So, this dude calls up. This dude calls up and asked uh, Jordan, I think, what kind of spark plugs that he needed for his Dodge Ram. And Jordan fucking not thinking was like, hey, man, uh, this is a supplement company. You know, uh, we do supplements. And the guy's like, oh, my bad, my bad. And he hangs up the phone. Jordan walks into Tyler and Tyler has worked for me for a long time. Like people don't realize that. Like he works for me in retail. He understands what we're talking about here very, very well. Um, And Jordan's like, man, this dude just called up and asked for spark plugs. And this is when Jordan had just started really here. And Tyler's like, how do you know that wasn't Andy testing you to see this and that and that? And Jordan goes and calls the guy back up and dude goes uh, on to to find out what spark plugs go in his truck, all right, where he can get them. He calls the store to arrange the the spark plugs to be ready for this guy. Calls a couple different stores to to find the best price, right? And, And dude, it just so happens that this guy was fucking YouTubing the whole thing. Oh wow! So he recorded the whole thing because he wanted to, he wanted to show what kind of company we are, and he wanted to post it on YouTube, and like fucking a million fucking people saw it. But my point is, we use that in our training, that story, like, dude. So I don't care what it is that we got to help you with, no matter what, we're gonna fucking help you with that. That's what we do. We are here to help people, right? You know, and it doesn't matter if it's just with your nutrition, but the fact that we will go over the top. That's what provides people that sense of trust and security, and they know that we have the best interests in mind. So the flip side of that, because I know it's also true that you you teach your guys, you'll you'll help people buy something that you don't necessarily sell. But the flip side of that is you won't sell people things that they don't need. Absolutely. So don't we talk tell about people, that, dude. I learned that in retail, man. Like you know, one of the fucking first things that you've got to be able to do when you're selling someone is you've got to let them know that that they could trust you. And I, one of the best ways, and I figured this out just because, you know, I just don't believe in selling people shit they don't need. Um, But whenever I would tell someone, they would say, oh, well, what about this? And if I would say, hey, you don't need that, then you could see them start to like listen to you more. And so, you know, it's just a policy of what we do, man. Like there's things that you can take, like we're in fitness, nutrition, uh, sport performance business. There's things that certain people need. There's things that certain people don't fucking need. And if you want to try, if you're looking at it on a long-term scale, okay, can I have this customer for their for their entire life, not just today? So, I, so is it worth selling them that extra hundred bucks today to lose on the hundred thousand they're going to spend with you over the course of their next life? No, it's not, it's basic math. But people get so greedy and so un, impatient, they got to have it today, and they end up fucking themselves out of business by. By just selling people shit they don't need. I don't think people really... I, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who do realize this, but what you're saying right now seems to me to go against the grain of every time I turn around, I'm going somewhere where people are trying to upsell me upsell, on things. Upsell, upsell, like, upsell, And I think there are some of the so-called gurus out there that are telling people, hey man, that's the way you do oh, sales. Fuck, I upsell, know, upsell. You know what? None of these motherfucking gurus that are teaching you sales... All right. You go to any of the gurus that are telling you that shit and see where they're making their money. They're making their money selling you shit that tells you go upsell shit. And what are they doing to you? They're They're upselling you uh, this, that, this, this, this. 
None of those motherfuckers are running a fucking nine-figure actual company that ships out fucking product out this fucking door. Okay? So I don't give a fuck what any of those motherfuckers say. I'm right. They're fucking wrong. They're regurgitating shit that's been said during the time of this 70 years, 80 years of old business. It's the old way to sell. It's manipulating. It's manipulative selling. You don't need to do that. If you want to build a brand right now that's going to become a multi-million or billion-dollar brand, whatever it is you decide, you've got to play with the idea that you're doing things that are in their best interest because it's too easy for people to communicate right now, all right, with each other. They can tell everybody everything in one fucking second. This is why I get irritated when people say, oh, millennials... They're purpose-driven, and they don't care about money. Motherfucker, you want purpose-driven people in your company because purpose-driven people in your company will get behind the purpose of whatever it is you're doing so that you can do the right thing by your customer. And guess what happens when you do the right thing by your customer? You make fucking money. That's why I get upset when people say that shit about millennials. Oh, they don't care about... Millennials are very fucking smart. They understand the way business is being done right now. They're not lazy. The problem is, is that the people running businesses that are established are fucking trying to operate them under the old standard, the 80-year standard versus the way business has always been done before that, which to most people is the new standard. It's really not the new standard. It's the old standard. Well, it makes total sense to me. I mean, who's going to fight harder? The mercenary who's getting paid or the guy who's defending his wife and kids? Exactly. You know? And who's going to do more for a fucking customer? A guy who is purpose-driven or a guy who's driven by a couple bucks? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Makes and it doesn't matter sense. what the fuck you're selling. It doesn't matter what you're selling. And and let's take this a step further. Most fucking CEOs right now in medium to small size businesses and large businesses, let's just throw them all in there. They fucking suck. They don't know how to develop purpose. You know You know what they do? They look at the fucking balance sheet and they say, oh, this is this, 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 this. And, you know, it seems to work, right? Like you have established companies that were that are 30 years old that are doing a billion dollars. They're like, we're a billion dollar company. The way we've done it is it works. No, because you built the billion dollar company under the old fucking premise. And now you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Now, you you know, you don't understand social media. Dude, I was at fucking sitting at Billy G's the other day drinking a fucking beer and I'm in a fucking tank top and fucking, you know, <laughs> jeans. I'm fucking covered in tattoos and there's these two like rich looking motherfuckers over here, right? And they come up to the table and they're talking to me and they're like, oh, so what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And like, they're fucking condescending me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they think... Like, they've got to figure right, it out. Right, They're over there in their fucking loafers and their fucking, you know, polo shirts and looking all fucking like Tyler. And like, <laughs> dude, and I'm like, they're talking to me like I'm a piece of shit. It's like, motherfucker, I'm going to destroy you and you. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Like, they don't get it. Yeah. It, it's, dude, there's tremendous opportunity right now in every fucking business for people that actually give a fuck about other people. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, sorry. No, go ahead. While it's on my head. Uh, These white hair, you would have loved it, dude. These white haired motherfuckers, they were like sitting there talking to me and they were like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, why did they approach you at first? No, I, I can't remember why, how the fuck it happened. They saw your car? No. Somebody said something to them and they said, they said, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. But the funny thing was, is like in the middle of the conversation when they were talking to me, I did pull out my fucking, my Lambo key and put it right in their fucking face. <laughs> and I just slapped, I put it down on the table all That's casual. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> my fu- and, and they're like, oh my God, is that your fucking Lambo out there? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, that, there's a dude here that drives a white lamp and a white Aventador too. And I'm like, yeah, that's mine too, motherfucker. <laughs> like, dude, it was great. That is awesome. Yeah. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, one of the things that, you know, whenever you hear people pitch their not really new business ideas, you know, like all the people that come up to you and like, Hey, I'm going to start a supplement company, blah, blah, blah. But what's funny is they're never doing it by the way to help people. You ever notice that? Cause you, you're with me more than anybody. They always come up and they're like, dude, I could sell this product and I can make this, this, this. And like, I could already tell. And I know you notice it too. Their focus is on them. It's not on the fucking customer. If your focus isn't on the customer, you're going to fucking lose. You're going to get destroyed by people like us. 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because you said there's opportunity in every industry. And one of the biggest objections people hear whenever they're presenting their idea is, oh, what makes you so different? It's like, well, there's fucking a lot of room for improvement in every single industry. Right. So if you don't have to create something new. No. You just have to no, do it better than the I'm next guy. No, that's what I'm saying about the opportunity. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, the, uh, the opportunity is, is that everybody's doing it the old way. So if right. you go into a fucking tire business and you start doing tires the right way, guess what? You t- people are going to buy your fucking tires and they're going to buy a lot of them. You get what I'm saying? Like, you, it doesn't matter how boring you think your business is because a lot of these young bucks, dude, they have the, they have the, uh, the idea in their head that they're, whatever they're doing isn't very exciting. It's boring. It's this. Dude, it doesn't matter what you're doing. We're talking about shifting the focus from trying to pull one over on the customer to actually contributing to the betterment of their fucking existence. And if you can shift your company or your idea or your product to that instead of it being about you and being about them, dude, you're going to fucking dominate. Like, not just win. You're going to crush everybody. It's, it's just the way things are right now. You've been saying this for quite some time, and I, I, I've always tacitly agreed with you, but I think that in the back of my mind, I was like, well, is it really true? And you've been saying, like, you know, these people that have run these companies that have been around for a while, and these executives, you know, the white-haired guys in the polo, and the, the people that we think yeah, of when we think of the- I yeah. love that, by the way. Right, Just right. so you know, <laughs> like, you guys don't understand the amount of fucking love that I had in my brain and in my heart- Whenever I pulled my fucking key out and they fucking looked at it and I'm sitting there in a fucking, in my roots of fight tank top and my jeans and my fucking, my, uh, Nike Witherspoons looking like a fucking old dude trying to be cool, you know? And they're, they're just like, what the fuck? Like it totally blew their fucking minds. And I think what you've been saying for a while is that all of these companies, they really, when it comes to marketing and building culture and everything, they're still riding they, the wave. Well, they don't have a clue. Right. Look, they're you've been riding saying, the fucking wave. They are riding the wave, and you've been saying for years they, they really just, don't have a clue. And I didn't realize this Tyler, until they just haven't fucked up enough yet to fucking well, have the time wave. hasn't caught like, up dude, to it yet. Look at Domino's Pizza, motherfucker. Domino's Pizza fucking learned the hard way. All right, ten years ago, Domino's Pizza sucked. It was right. terrible. It was gross. All right, disgusting. What happened? Those kids went and did that video where they took a bath in the sink and they did all that nasty shit and it went viral. So Domino's was forced to to realize that like this shit matters. Right. And so what did they do? They learned fucking instantly. And what they do? They went out. They made their products fucking good. Do you order Domino's right now? Like for a fucking quick pizza, it's it's considerably better than any of the other choices. And And I and I it hurts me to say that. Cause I fucking I fucking don't like Domino's. Like I always thought it was disgusting. But I'm telling you right now, dude, their product has improved. Is it a pizzeria pizza? Fuck no, it's no, not. Pizza. But they're not but, trying to be. No, but yeah. for delivery pizza, they are crushing everybody. Yeah, and it's because they learned this lesson that I'm talking about. They had to learn it, or they would have been out of business. Well, and I don't know if you remember. Because I don't uh, think people people might not know what happened. But those kids made that video. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where they were like taking a bath in the sink. And they were naked, and I think they like shit in the sink or something, and they put it on YouTube. And uh, dude, it cost them a fuckload of money, so they had to completely recommit everything about. He changed everything. They, no, they had outside to do of it. their logo, <laughs> bro. They had to do it. They had to show people that they were committed, and, and the only way you could show people that you're committed is by solving their problem better. And what's solving their pizza problem better? You make a better fucking pizza. Right, and kind of a kind of a uh, similar to that. I don't know if you remember years ago, they didn't necessarily get exposed, but Hardee's just came out and they had a they had a whole ad campaign that basically is like, you know what? We kind of woke up one day and realized that we suck. We suck. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna make better yeah. uh, better Dude, hamburgers. You see Wells Fargo running ads like this right now. Um, it's cool. It's fun for me to see these bigger companies wake the fuck up. Yeah. Wells Fargo's running cust- ads right now, talking about how they lost their customers' trust and. They're working to gain it back. And it says established in 1862, reestablished in uh, 2018. And I saw that ad and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah. they're getting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's fun oh, to yeah. see big companies start to get it. Um, Honesty is always very attractive to the public. It's like that, That uh, I don't know if you remember that. Especially uh, when you're handling their money. Right, exactly. Oh, but but uh, it, I don't know if you remember that. Um, that car rental place that basically they, they came out, their whole shtick was... We're number two, but we try harder. 
You know, like, yeah, like we're not one, number one yeah. yet. We're number two, the, so we try harder. Yeah. You know, you're, what you're starting to see though, and what we're talking about is we're seeing big companies start to wake up and they're starting to realize. But the point is, is that this is the only time in the last hundred years where the little guy has had the exact same fucking advantage as the big guy. Right. It doesn't cost that much to go out and run a fucking internet, uh, social media, Facebook campaign. And really, honestly, if you don't have the money to do that, it doesn't cost you anything to provide such a fucking amazing experience that people talk about it for free. Right. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. It just takes effort. But I, I got I to gotta make the point that I was making earlier. No. <laughs> You've been saying for the longest time that these people just don't get it and that these executives that are running like these established, you know, companies that have been out for years, they're, that they don't get it. And I keep on thinking, like, he's got to be wrong. How can these guys be leaders? But you're right. They totally don't get it. They're so, they're operating Bro, on, like, old world look values. At look at it. Why would you look at anything? All right, look. Let me put it to you this way. Let's just say you made $10 million a year for the last 30 fucking years. And I come to you and I say, hey, you're doing it fucking wrong. What are you going to say? Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't even listen to you if Why? I was so, if I was entrenched. I because at the moment I have money in my pocket. No, you <laughs> you have every fucking reason to believe that what you're doing is working and winning, and that's what's happening right now. These companies have won for a long time. They don't see a problem in what they're doing, and the problem's happening at street level. It's happening at the level that they're not even looking at. Because they're too way up in their towers. They're seeing where they're at and not where they should be. Dude, you know? they're just so used to winning, bro, that there's no reason to look at it. Right. Look, if you won fucking 15 NASCAR championships in a row and someone came to you and said, hey, bro, your fucking car's fucked up, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's fun because, like, dude, like, I know I'm right because we're building it, right? And at street level, like I'm still on the fucking streets. Like I'm still going to events from, you know, I was at a fucking grand opening for a store of ours fucking two weeks ago. Like I'm still, I'm still in the fucking trenches and these motherfuckers are so out of it. They don't see what's happening. And right. I like it. Like it's right. fun, you know, dude, you'll like this analogy and you're going to call me king of the nerds. But, uh, you ever seen those, those, uh, war movies from back in like the American revolution where you have the English guys and they're in the, they're the, the red coats and they're in the, they're in the big long lines and they, they stand in one line and they just shoot, you know? Yeah. Right. So England was literally the greatest power on the earth at the time of, you know, back in 1776. So they start going against the American colonists who are these like little ragtag, you know, guys. And what the colonists have, they learned a bunch of like fighting stuff from the Indians. So while the English are doing all this stuff that's tried and true and has worked to defeat armies forever, they're over there going, oh, look at those stupid Americans. They're hiding behind trees and rocks and oh. You yeah, know, right. they're getting shot, right? Yeah. And it just made me think, like, no, that's- dude, they're too busy. They're too busy critiquing how dumb those people right. are that they're losing to them. And, and the Americans are over there going, well, you know, the Indians they hide behind rocks, they shoot from trees, and then and they and they instead of like one massive campaign, they do these little guerrilla attacks yeah. and they win. Well, what are we really talking about, dude? What we're talking about is innovation. The, we're talking about the failure to adapt, right? And we're talking about the being too rigid with your business and your ideas and your ability to observe and take in what's really happening. And really, if we want to break it down further, we're talking about people's egos getting in the way. Right. Okay. So, right. I mean, we got a little off track there. No, that was all good Where stuff. Though. So, we- so let me, let me recap based on what you've said. So yeah. the first two sort of small town Otherwise principles, we're gonna have a 17 hour yeah. podcast. The first two small town principles are, you know, in a small town, everybody knows your name. Everybody knows the name of your family, so make it personal. The second one is, you know, small town people don't carry keys or lock their homes, so you got to do things to establish trust. And you talked about different things like doing anything you can to provide uh, a solution right. or to meet a need. And then you talked about not selling people stuff that they don't uh, that they don't need. So in a small town, it's it's a really tight knit community. And that can be a blessing or it can be a curse. Yeah, everybody knows each other. Right. So right. it can be a blessing if you get pulled over and your uncle is, is you know, the sheriff. You might be let off. But on the other hand, you could get into a fight with a kid who turns out his dad is the local judge and you get a DUI and his dad's like, okay, paybacks are hell. So I could see well, that. That's how it is right now, okay. right? Like everybody's affiliated with everything. Like every single person in your company represents your company at all times. Whatever they're posting on their social when they're off of and this is what you guys have to understand is like people who are 
paying attention and understand, like, dude, like I'm looking to see what my employees post. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I didn't post that while I was at work. Well, that doesn't mean that I don't fucking fire you for that. Right. You know, oh, that's free speech. No, it's not free speech. You represent my fucking company at all times. You're a representative of the brand. And that's what people, I think, are starting to, to they're starting to wake up and understand is that not only do you um, represent the company all the time, but this is a way for you to create tremendous value by evolving your personal brand to be valuable 24 hours a day, not just, you know, being an average Joe Schmo that's going to sit on his cooler at five o'clock and drink fucking beer with the neighbors, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you ha- really what this comes down to is a tremendous opportunity for you as an employee to create tremendous value that you wouldn't be able to create otherwise. How many of the other people at your work are are working on their personal brand to contribute to the company? How many people at your work, and you might say, well, I don't feel like doing, well, you know what, then you don't feel like getting fucking paid either. The people that say, oh, you know, there's been this, this so such a blurring between professional and personal. It's just such a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. No, because what it means no, is you can't you can't, can't act manipulate one anybody. way. That's yeah, right. You can't act one way nine to five, and then when you that's get right. home, you be somebody that's totally right. different. And that's why it's the actually idea, inviting character. Yes, that's why the idea of doing the right thing all the fucking time is so important. It has to be part of the culture of your company. What people do outside the doors of your building fucking affects your company, right? So why not make your company somewhere where people can come, they can actually improve by adopting the culture into their lives. And when I say improve, they could improve their home life. They could improve their relationships. They could improve their physical fitness. Your company culture should be based around helping people improve. And doing the right thing is a great cornerstone to build around when it comes to core values of your brand. Hint, hint, hint. Doing the right thing should be a core value of your fucking company. Absolutely. You know? So, so, I mean, because dude, line, at the end of the day, like, dude, if you go out and you're a shit bag, you know, on the weekend, and people know you're a shit bag, and they know you work for me, guess what's happening? You ain't working for me. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And I might be, I would say, on the progressive edge of that, right? Like, because we do a lot on social, we do a lot of of internet marketing and this and that. And there are jobs where they don't care about that stuff yet. Right. But they're going to. Right. And I, this is what I love about what's going on in society is because it's forcing people to level up their core values on a personal level if they want to get paid more. You know, people are like, oh, I hate the technology society and social media and things were better and this and that. I actually disagree with that. Was it less annoying sometimes and less stressful? Absolutely. Because you weren't always connected. But I do believe that people are becoming better people because of it. Now, we all have that guy who talks some random shit. And we all have people who say ignorant shit on fucking Instagram and Facebook. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about the 90% of the other people. I think they're evolving and they're understanding that their value is going to come down to what sort of value they can bring by being a better person. And, and you know, dude, I could be biased on that because our company represents that very well. Like, I, I work with some fucking amazing people and they all work to be better. So I'm around that all the time. But I see other companies picking up on it where four years ago when we first started really pushing that out, nobody was doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I think you're you're... Absolutely right. And I also think that the whole situation is creating a good accountability, not just for you to do the right thing, but it's also it's also creating like a really positive force, like a positive peer pressure. Because back in the day, you might have been a good guy, you know, and you were some manufacturer, but you were, let's say you were doing some business to business partnership with the, with a guy that wasn't the greatest guy, but you're like, well, I mean, nobody knows I'm doing it with him and I'm not doing the things he's doing. So, you but nowadays you can't, can't really do, do that anymore. because right. everybody's going to know. Well, right. Andy's in bed with, no, with, dude, you know, this is the greatest thing. I you love. know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I fuck, fuck. Of course I know, dude. The greatest thing that I love about this is like what we talked about earlier where, and I say this a lot, you know, where people have that mentality, like our, you've heard our grandparents say, and our parents say, yeah, you know, that guy made a lot of money doing this. And whatever this was, was like some sort of fucking shady bullshit mm-hmm. of fucking people over. Well, that motherfucker ain't making money right now. Mm-mm. 
You know what I mean? And so now where money, and this is this goes back to the morality of money that we talk about a lot, where for a long time, people looked at having a lot of money as um, an indication of somebody's lack of moral character. Now, people who are making a lot of money are people who are providing solutions, helping people, bringing people up, and they are actually contributing to a better existence of other humans, which means that money is no longer a sign of how fucking much of a, of a shitbag you are. It's now a sign, if you're winning right now, it's a sign of how much you're contributing to other people, which is a fucking great thing. Oh, yeah. You know? And so you could take the idea that most people have that money is some sort of evil thing and, and you can really fucking kind of shove it in their face because it's not, you know what I mean? Cause right now, are there people right now who are making a lot of money that aren't doing the right thing? Absolutely. But like Tyler said earlier, they're riding the wave that has existed for the 80 years before this time, right? They're still riding up on that wave, dude. And that wave is going to crash. And what's going to happen is you're going to see the people who are building companies now, who are making money now, who are building companies that are new and winning now and taking big chunks of market share from these 80, 70, 60, 50 year old companies away from them. They're going to do it by doing the right fucking thing. And I like that because that is a betterment of society. Absolutely. So how would you, I mean, like if we were to bring it all down to one basic overriding principle, like, dude, the one basic principle is this. If you want to win and and the way business is now, assume that every single person that you talk to is going to go on Instagram, going to go on YouTube, going to go on Facebook, going to do a podcast episode about their interaction with you. And if you assume that every single person that you talk to is going to do that and you start to pretend as if that's the truth, the person in the grocery store, the homeless woman on the corner, okay, um, when you see a shopping cart that's out in the middle of the thing and, and, and you don't go put it away, you assume someone's got it on video and they're going to put it online. When you start to really live that way, now you're starting to understand what it's going to take to win in today's economic structure with social media and instant connectivity and all the cool technology that we have. That's as simple as I can make it. Just assume that every fucking person that you talk to, everyone is going to fucking share their experience with you with the whole entire world. And if you could build a culture based around that inside of a company, you're going to improve tremendously and you're going to set yourself up to win for the next probably forever right so so basically word just travels assume, fucking fast yeah, word travels fast it's instant and, and just assume that everything done in secret is eventually going to be made known and, and you know what dude and doesn't the world work that way yeah it does work that way yeah. when you've been around enough you know uh tony robbins used to used to say this and he was saying this for the last 20 30 fucking years dude um and I don't remember exactly how I said it, so I might butcher it, but I, it stuck with me, dude. He said in his personal power course, um, which is a great course, by the way, and it might sound a little outdated if you listen to it now, but it, the, the principles are universal. Um, he talks about how uh, you, you go through life pretending like the whole world is watching you, like, like that you're on like national television or international television. Everybody sees everything that you do. It's a great way to hold yourself accountable. Because what's going to happen after doing that, what's going to happen is when you become aware of living like that, when you, you're going to catch yourself doing fucked up shit, all right? You're going to pass up leaving that shopping cart in the fucking middle of the uh, lot, or you're going to, you know, you're just going to catch yeah. yourself doing the things that you used to do and not think about, and you're going to start changing them. It's going to evolve you into a better person, you know? So just start thinking that way, and that's really the bottom line of this, is that we went back to the old way of doing business. And we're not going back. We are back. And companies that are winning now who are still out there trying to take advantage of customers, they're going to win temporarily. Because here's the thing. When social media first came out, people thought about influencers. And they think about influencers. Oh, well, this person has 100,000 followers or 500,000 or a million followers. They're an influencer. No, everybody's an influencer. Your mom's an influencer. Your dad's an influencer. 
Your grandma's an influencer. Your grandma who has 47 followers on fucking Facebook is an influencer. And when you start seeing everybody as an influencer, your understanding of how you are going to conduct yourself in terms of how it always matters starts to change. And when that starts to change, you start to look at everything that you're doing and you work to make it very good all the time. Now, are we going to have lapses? Absolutely. Are we going to have lapses where you say something wrong or you do something wrong or you, you, um, you know, you miss an opportunity? Absolutely. But as long as you're aware to where you're catching them and you don't keep doing them, you're going to continue to improve. You follow right. what I'm saying? And, and I think you would agree. There's a difference in lapses in judgment and just doing it intentionally hurting yes. people. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and, definitely. And, you know, and when you make a, a bad decision, you know, like we talked about, hold yourself accountable and Own apologize it. and make it right. You know, that's the one thing about people that, that a lot of people are scared of. Like they're scared of their disgruntled customers. Well, people who are, you know, like I see companies doing this shit all the time. Like they got a disgruntled customer on their, uh, on their Instagram or Facebook page. And, and then they just delete it. Right. And like, dude. Good luck with that. Yeah. But not only that, you're like, or they don't respond. You're missing a huge opportunity there. Because if somebody is is upset with your services or your product and you go make it right, that same person who was loud enough to tell you that there was a problem will be 10 times louder when you go over the top and fixing it for them. Absolutely. They're going to you're going to turn those people are the best fucking people. It's almost worth fucking it up sometimes just to get that opportunity. And businesses miss it all the time. They they don't pay attention to the people who are upset because they think they're a headache instead of thinking it as an opportunity. And the other thing about this too guys and this is the truth you know, a lot of you guys who are running companies, you're saying, oh, they, these customers are hard to do. Dude, I can't fucking stand that when people say this shit to me. I get DMs about this shit. Oh, my customers just don't understand. Motherfucker, it's not your customers that don't understand. It's you that doesn't understand. When you have someone complaining to you about something, there's a very high probability that there's 20, 30, 100, 1,000 other customers that have the same problem that that you're just not aware of because they don't care enough to say something. And people misunderstand the opportunity of a disgruntled customer. I dude, it I can tell you for sure it is your biggest opportunity for tremendous free advertising. Because this person's upset, you have the opportunity to not just fix it, but to make it over the top right to where they say, "Holy shit, dude, I'm never shopping anywhere else." Absolutely. One of the best pieces of advice my wife and I were ever given was, you know, people complain about having strong-willed children. They're like, no, you want strong-willed children because if you point them in the right direction, they they become this like force of nature and really impact the world. But that's that's the way it is with these disgruntled customers. Generally, I think you would agree there are there is a small minority of people who are just being unreasonable. But generally, if if a, if yeah, a customer the problem, is disgruntled, the problem becomes Vaughn is when you see all of your customers that are disgruntled as unreasonable. Right. Right. And that's the mentality that the old the the old businesses have. Oh well, they just don't get us or. Or they just, you know, they don't like us, or this or that, and they make up they make up stories about how it's the customer's fault, dude. If it's the customer's fault that much, it ain't the customer's fault. Right. It's right. fucking your fault. But you're hundred percent, thousand percent right that once you turn once you turn people who are disgruntled and you solve it, they become like this absolute force and ambassador for for your brand. Yeah, because it's just the energy well, of their soul gets that. pointed think in the other direction. Think about that when that's happened to you. Think about some time in the past where you've bought something or or uh, and didn't receive what it is you wanted to receive, and you were pissed. And what you also have to understand is that most of the, most of the time, when we get something that isn't the way it is, we've dealt with hundreds of other companies over the course of our life, and we know that the best way to get a response is to be uber fucking pissed. So, as a company, you have to understand that when people come at you the first time, they're not coming at you because they're mad at you they're coming at you that hard because they assume that you're going to give them the blow off like everybody else has done and not care so dude understanding them from the get-go and and uh and saying and taking responsibility right away and giving them a fast response 
those are all things that help bring that person back. And they're like, holy shit. I, and a lot of times what will happen to you, customers will apologize. They'll be like, fuck, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so, I was having a bad day yeah. or I was this or I was that. It's just, the, the, dude, we could do a whole episode on that. Absolutely. But the point is, is that, you know, it's just like a small town. You have to take care of the people who are disgruntled. You have to. You cannot fucking ignore them. You can't just delete them off your fucking Facebook. Your company be dead in the water in two years. All right? I can't even believe that some companies are still doing that. But, hey, guys, we've got some very, very important announcements, big things coming up. It would behoove you to be on our mailing list, andyfrasella.com forward slash subscribe. Trust me when I say you're going to be you're going to want to be the first people to hear about some of the things we got planned and some of the things we're launching. So uh, so make sure you you sign up. AndyFrasella.com forward slash subscribe. Guys, and also I just want to say thank you so much for all the love and all the support for the podcast. Um, you know, this is a passion project for us. This is something we do uh, to try and help fix some of the problems that are being uh bred into society and uh it just means a lot to me that you guys resonate with that and that you support that and i appreciate that so much and so i you know i don't say it enough but i just want to tell you guys thank you so much for that um if you want to connect with me on social media obviously i'm on instagram andy forsella on facebook andy forsella on youtube andy forsella uh and you know you could basically get little mini versions of the podcast there on a daily basis so um with that being said I don't have anything else. Anything else from... All right, guys. We'll see you on Thursday.